you know, you hit these lulls, you know what I'm saying? It's like there's nothing going on. Any type of news when it comes to cruising seems either kind of either far-fetched or it ends up being something that you think is just a little bit of a, a tease type of a situation, you know. And, and there's just it just it just flat for a while. You know, you do see them making attempts to try to keep you interested. But at the end of the day, you can tell because you use that critical thinking. You're realizing, you know what? I'm not falling for this crap. It's all a load of BS. Until it's not. Let's start the show. Hey, yo, all aboard and welcome. It's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones because we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights. Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked. We got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI. Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up. Because we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido. She ain't got to be a tent because we did the things and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out because we got the drink pack. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show coming to you not quite live from Nassau County, Long Island, wherever you want to call it, New York. We're back. I know it's been a minute. We stepped away, like I said, in the cold open. Listen, man, I'm just like you guys sometimes too and I feel like, you know, where are we at? You know, what are we doing? I do not want to manufacture news for you guys. I do not. If I have been anything to a fault, probably, it's just a little bit overly kind of keeping it real. Uh, I don't always go the route of let's just say what needs to be said or heard uh, for purposes of keeping the views going or, 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 or apologizing for the industry in general. And I do when there's something to talk about, let's talk about it. But it's just like I, I'm not going to I'm not. Just gonna wear that hat where you're just making up stories and say, "Oh my gosh, you know what? This uh, 53 passenger ship in uh, you know Southeast India is gonna cruise up the Nile." You know what that means? Cruising. We're back. You know what I mean? I and not that I'm saying I'm not saying people are doing that. I'm not. There are people out there who do cruise content and things like that, and I watch them. I watch them all, and I'm happy to watch them. Uh, they do wear that hat. They wear the hat because you know what? They should be because they're just not missing out on any information. This show has always been more about celebrating cruising, uh, being on a being on a pool deck, having some drinks, having a good time, uh, going from island to island, excursion to excursion, and. I do. I do. Uh, what would you say? I, I do kind of put in some cruise news. I do. There is a spattering of cruise news, and I, and I do like to stay abreast of everything that's happening. It's just I do not really find myself in a position, and I don't think you guys want me in the position of really, uh, what would you say, kind of uh, trying to make news when there's not news as it pertains to what I do as a quote-unquote brand. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm at. So that's why if you do see me duck away for a little while, it's just that I'm not going to just dig in the trenches and just regurgitate stuff that I find on, you know, the cruise news sites and things like that. Whereas, hold, step back. I'm not knocking that. 
It's just not my lane is what it is. And yeah, I do start finding myself in a position where I'm talking uh, in a bit of a frustrated manner, uh, in a bit of a uh, kind of a cynical manner, because again, my DNA is that, you know, I'm skeptical of of uh, people who are trying to shove information down my throat that's just is really not real. And I want to, uh, well, first, let's talk about this, okay? So we talked about the opening of uh, the restaurant. I, I mentioned a few things regarding the opening of the restaurant. Uh, it's been very, very busy. That's another reason why I've been a little bit uh, less than, I guess, uh, consistent. But the truth is, is that this restaurant is just taking up the whole entire, you know, I mean, 14-hour days I'm doing, uh, six, six and a half days a week. It's out of control, and I do have to say, in a maybe what some might consider a self-congratulatory, self-congratulatory way, that it went absolutely phenomenally. Uh, it was unlike any project that I've ever started or 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 done in my career. In that there was a lot of different moving parts. It is definitely the closest to fine dining that I've ever kind of. Um, I guess, I guess, I guess, uh, entered into uh, five different steaks on the menu. Well, four steaks on the menu, chops, uh, you know, just elevated level of service. It has to come along with that. This is a far cry from the days of Johnny Utah's or the Irish Exit or Cowgirls when you're talking about just people dancing on top of bars, when you're talking about loud music, you're talking about just make sure you have enough cases of Miller Lite and, and, and Jameson to make sure the party keeps going. A far cry of me having to grab microphones and keep the party going vocally and with my music and everything like that. This is blazer. This is uh, staff in suspenders and ties. This is good quality uh, upscale service. I can't say it is short of fine dining. Fine dining is a whole different world. You know what I mean? Fine dining is uh, a level up from what we're doing, but we are upscale. And this is an upscale restaurant and an upscale establishment with the prices to match, by the way. Uh, So I will have to say, having said all that, the thing went absolutely can't say perfect you know what i mean you shoot for the you 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 shoot for perfection hopefully the result is excellence and i do believe we 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 uh realized excellence in this project went very very well um little setback so uh on the weekend i just started feeling a little run down which was completely natural i would imagine you know what i mean like you're doing 14 hour days you're on your feet you know 12 hours at a time and running around all the mental and physical pressures that are happening with the opening of this restaurant but also on the other side of it there was a let's just call it a little bit of an outbreak of uh, COVID-19, the dreaded COVID-19. Perhaps you've heard of it, the pandemic that's sweeping worldwide. Uh, you know, it's just getting closer and closer. I did get the first shot, so I was feeling a little confident uh, about my, I guess, ability to uh, thwart any efforts of Madame COVID to enter my uh, my being. But, um, you know, the truth is, is that it got too close. You know what I mean? My owner went down. Uh, the manager that I was clo- working close with went down. The chef went down. Two or three servers went down. And I'm like, well, you know, this. how, how good is this shot? <laughs> We're going to give this shot a run for its money. And uh, sure enough, uh, I, I ended up getting COVID-19. Uh, I am currently still in quarantine. I believe I can come out of quarantine on Wednesday. 
Um, listen, man, this vaccine I'm very, very thankful for. You know, it's a it's a very polarizing topic. It's a lot of people who think there's, uh, you know, there's there's a big brother. Uh, associated with it, there's uh, genetic altering, mystery mystery questions, whatever everybody thinks about the vaccine. I got no problems with it. You know, my brother is a hardcore anti-vaxxer, and uh, and I respect that. Everybody can have their opinion, Uh, but I could also have mine is what it is. So my opinion is that I got this thing, and that vaccine uh, really, really helped me with my symptoms. My symptoms were a couple of days of I guess you'd say just not wanting to do anything. Total lethargy, Leth- leth- lethargy, lethargy. I was, I was lethargic in nature, you might say, and um, I, I really didn't want to go anywhere, get up, do anything. Uh, but I was watching TV. It wasn't, it wasn't extreme discomfort. I had a, a pretty significant backache. Um, it was weird. It was just more bizarre and uncomfortable than it was painful. It was just there was no way I could hold my body to where I felt supported in my back. You know what I mean? So I had that. I had a few days of no appetite. That's when I knew it was real. <laughs> when I'm not trying to eat. Um, I had uh, uh, chills. I had uh, sweats back and forth like that. And just that general foggy feeling that you have, that fog that cloudy feeling that you get when you're sick. Um, that was like two and a half days of that. And uh, then things started to kind of go away. I'm very thankful. I, I Listen, who knows? I don't know anything about this thing. I'm on day what? I'm on day probably about nine uh, of it. And I feel not sick at all right now. I don't know. Does this thing have like a, 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 a 11th round comeback in it? I don't know. Who knows? I'm not... You know, Madame COVID, uh, she'll she'll do what she wants to do. You know, she's a, she's a she's a wily temptress. You know what I mean? You can't necessarily tell. You know, so well, but I feel good right now. I feel like um, I should be back to work in a couple of days, and uh, this is all good. This is all good stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, but getting back to the cruise stuff, uh, I, if you guys wanted to, I have been, I guess, every other day. On the Patreon, patreon.com slash always be booked. And that is the Patreon account uh, for $5 a month. You get to support this show, but then you also get ideally, you know, I've been saying every day, I can't lie to you guys. It's been every other day pretty much. Uh, you know, it's it, it just been busy at work. You know, this is where we're at right now. But if you like what you hear and you want more of it and you like, uh, side topics as well check out the patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked now here's another thing i want to do this is kind of housekeeping but it's also kind of news i am going to jump into the clubhouse space uh and it is going to be a patreon thing now why is it going to be a patreon thing tommy you're trying to drive everybody to the patreon well the patreon helps a lot helps me out a lot you know what i mean um i am not you know uh I, I, I jumped into this gig, even if I'm not going there. You know what I mean? The Patreon helps. Let's just leave it at that, okay? We'll, we'll stay there. But the Clubhouse, I mean, the club, I don't know if you who's heard of Clubhouse now or, or not, but it's going to be big. It is an app that allows you to basically communicate uh, voice with voice. And it's basically, they set up these rooms. It's almost like a vocal chat room, you might want to say, but it allows us to interact. You know, the live streams are great. Uh, 
but you know, and, and, and chat rooms and message boards are great too. But this is something that's audio only, and you can come into the room and basically have conversations. So let's just say I have a hundred patriots, you know what I mean? Uh, and then 20 of them join the clubhouse, and then those 20 people, we can all set up a room together and we can all have conversations about whatever topic I deem appropriate at that particular time. You know, resumption of cruising, uh, dispelling cruising rumors about, you know, the resumption of cruising or, you know, things like that. So uh, if you, uh, it's going to be a Patreon thing at first, okay? Will I eventually open it up to everybody? I just don't understand how I can do that. If uh, everybody can get in, it's like thousands of people. You know what I mean? So then how am I supposed to control a room like that? So at first, we're going to start it out as Patreon. If you sign up for the Patreon, or if you are currently a Patriot, a super cone, dare I say, uh, what you would be instructed to do was get yourself a Clubhouse membership. Get yourself a Clubhouse account, and then... Basically, I will put it out there to when we're going to do a room and they will all be closed private rooms. And because you're a Patreon member, because you're a super cone, you'll have access to the room and we'll chop it up. We'll talk cruising. We'll talk the good and the bad, the indifferent, the the are we coming back? Is this real? Uh, are we not coming back? It's a lot to talk about. We know there's been a good amount of breaking news since the last uh, couple of days and we're going to get into that. Uh, I want to talk. Uh, about something that I heard. And again, like I said, I told you guys, I watch a lot of the cruise content and I have to give a big kudos and a shout out to Tony from Lolita Loca. Okay. It's definitely a channel you should check out. Tony's out there on the front lines doing it every day. So, um, you know, which is not something I can say for myself. I clearly am more reactionary, clearly more celebratory. He is, you know, like some other people out there. Uh, what would you say? Um, news he takes in the news and puts it right back out to you in the way he can present it it's very unique and entertaining way so definitely check out lalita loca the daily content on youtube but i have to give him credit for what he brought to light very very fascinating and interesting conversation that he uh put out there on his channel about alaska and you know i'm not a big alaska guy per se but what we saw was a very i mean i don't know if you guys agree with tony you agree with me or not this lady from alaska was sharp okay sometimes you think the uh the members of congress in these smaller less visited states you know are they going to be like you know shot out of a cannon like new york or california or texas and you know are they going to be a little sleepy dare i say um this woman from Alaska, uh, kill me, whatever you want. This is why I, I'm a reaction guy. I don't have her name in front of me. But this was basically her asking uh, a member of the CDC, a woman from the CDC, who let's just call her, no disrespect, uh, not as sharp. Okay. Now, let's be fair here. She was on the defensive. She was on the edge. She's the one who has a lot more to lose by saying the wrong thing. So let's just give her that credit. But the... The representative from Alaska went in and said, hey, listen, I know you guys have a tough job. I know you guys are up against the wall. I know uh, I wouldn't want your job, basically, for, 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 for any reason. But there's a lot of people up here in Alaska who are 
very, very dependent on the cruise industry. Now, we talk about this phased in approach, one of four ways, we one of four phases. We're not even out of the first phase yet. Now, she was careful to say, I am not saying we should blindly reopen everything. I'm not saying that, you know, there is a clear path to having everybody go back. But is there any sort of a timetable that you can give us? That will give our shopkeepers at least information, shopkeepers or any type of uh, business owner that relies or has any type of affiliation crossover or direct with, uh, with, with, with cruising. Is there any information you can give as to what the timeline might look like for the resumption of cruising? And I think this was a gotcha moment, to be honest with you, because the woman from the woman from the CDC said, I do not have that answer because this is a multi, uh, I guess, institutional decision that is being made. It is not just the CDC. Now, what are you talking about? She mentioned one other institution and she said the Department of Transportation. She said the Department of Transportation. I'm sure if you would have pressed her, she would have said CLIA as well, which we know that's BS because CLIA wants CLIA is ready. But, you know, what we're doing is we're doing this facade where we're acting like this is a self-imposed ban. But I guess that's not even true anymore anyway because the ban went away. And now we're just talking about the uh, framework for the con- conditional resumption of sailing, whatever the whatever the words are. But uh, she was pressed a, a little bit, and and the woman from Alaska said, "Okay, no, I know, I know you can't tell us when, uh, I know you can't say definitely, but is there anything you can give us regarding a timeline for us to be able to? Because we just want to be able to tell them should they even should they write this season off? Should they write this Alaska tourism tourism season off?" And the woman maintained the woman from the cdc maintained that this is not just her decision it is the department of transportation as well now she was vague after that what i would have done if i was the 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 woman from alaska uh, i would have just said hey listen okay so you just said something i would i would have kind of keyed in on that a little bit okay i'm not trying i understand again you have a tough job You're, you're you're on the defense right now but I think it's important to know who is making this decision. And that's where I would have stopped and drew that line right there. I would have said, I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm not trying to do anything. Okay. You seem to say now for the first time, I've heard that this is not just a CDC decision. And you mentioned Department of Transportation. Uh, You said that kind of anecdotally. What I think we do need to know is, is who is who are the powers that be that make these decisions? So let's stop right now. Do you know? Can you give me an official answer as to who is in charge of making this decision as to when we will resume cruising? Now I know you'll probably you would have probably gotten a non-answer there, and then I would have said very fairly, okay. So what do you think is fair? I know you probably got to check your notes. You may have to go and talk to a few other people. Uh, when do you think is a fair, because I think it's a fair question, who is in charge of making the decision? Because what I feel as though is that this thing, this whole framework thing is just a smokescreen anyway. Nobody's taking, nobody's giving any answers. How can we, after this thing has happened, the, the framework for the resumption of sailing, again, I call it a different thing every time I know that, but this was put in play in October. How do we still not have protocols? We talked about test sailings. How do we still not have test sailings? Uh, 
even scheduled, or any type of information as to what has to happen for us to see a test sailing. They are being vague on purpose. I've seen this in in government happen a lot. It happens a lot. In, it usually happens in local government, smaller government, but across a federal level, you know, I, 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 all I say is that I think there needs to be more transparency. I don't know if you guys agree, disagree, but I got to give Tony a lot of credit for finding that, putting it out there. But that's what I would say. That's my whole entire takeaway from that piece is that that woman from the CDC needs to be pressed, respectfully pressed to be able to give an answer. Uh, Maybe the answer doesn't come tomorrow. I would say something like, is it fair by, let's just say Monday, a week from today, can you come back to us with an actual answer, letting us know who, what body, what, what government agencies are responsible for making this decision? Who are we even appealing to here? Because if everything is just going to be smoke and mirrors and everybody's going to be like a, a past the, but it's almost like the mob stuff. You know what I mean? There's just buffers everywhere. There's just, you know, to where you just create so many buffers, nobody is held accountable. You know what I'm saying? There just needs to be some accountability. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk more about, I guess, uh, some good news in cruising, and we'll talk uh, about a few things. So I want to talk a little bit more about the Odyssey of the Seas uh, from Royal Caribbean. This is a cruise ship that I've spoken about before, but I just want to kind of reiterate how it is about to, I guess, um, it's about to come into service. This is the ship that they're going to put in Israel. It's got 4,100 a 4,100 passenger capacity. Uh, this ship made news, even though it hasn't sailed yet. Uh, we're, we're, what it is going to be is the uh, vaccine-only cruises that are going to sail out of Israel. It is part of the Quantum Ultra class, which, you know, again, we've talked about this too. Do we want to consider the Quantum Ultra class or the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the quantum class or the quantum ultra class as one class in general, in a way, or is it two separate classes? Again, more blurred lines. But when you talk about the quantum uh, quantum class of cruise ships, uh, we always talk about the Oasis class and how historic it is and how uh, it changed cruising in so many ways. I think it the fact that it kind of came on the scene not too long after the Oasis class you know what I mean? The, the Oasis class of ships, when the Oasis of the Seas came onto the scene, and rightly so, it was looked at as a game changer cruise ship and nothing like the industry has ever seen. Now, if there was no no Oasis class, I think you'd have people talking about the Quantum class in that same kind of vein. It, it, it's, an, it's an amazing class of ships with a ridiculous amount of firsts. Uh, Talk about, first of all, again, in no particular order here, the C-Plex. I mean, the C-Plex, everybody's kind of doing, you know, sports and stuff, and you have the the basketball courts and the soccer courts. No cruise ship, and give Royal, credit, uh, Royal Caribbean credit for being a lot of the, um, uh, leading the charge for all things active, you know what I mean? But you got a C-Plex together. What it basically is is a field house. Think your high school or college main gym where anything can kind of happen. You got dodgeball. You got badminton. You have, you know, uh, uh, basketball games breaking out. You have four basketball games at once breaking out in certain cases. But, you know, the C-Plex on this on these particular set of cruise ships also had things like trapeze lessons. When Can you imagine 
Think back to 1987, 88, the love boats in full swing, uh, Captain Steubing's running around, and you know you have uh, all, all, all the uh, things that are associated with cruising and how much people love cruising and, the, and then the, the serene, relaxing, relaxing getaway that cruising is. And now all of a sudden, you have giant trapeze lessons going on on a cruise ship. Now, granted, some of the amazing stuff that used to happen on cruise ships doesn't happen anymore. Like the fact that you can skeet shoot off the side or back of a ship uh, doesn't exist anymore, but that was pretty amazing. But you were talking bumper cars in the Seaplex. Uh, it's going to have laser tag on the Odyssey of the Seas. Obviously, the basketball, the other sports. Sometimes I, I think that they were using it for, I guess, uh, social activities like dance parties and things like that. But the Seaplex is just this mega mega gymnasium style uh piece of real estate that it, it can be multi-use and is just a, a again another reason why cruising has gone away from that overfed and nearly dead type of scenario and it's just so much to do um look at all the other firsts that were on the quantum class of ships uh First and foremost, one thing if you remember, if you go back, and, and Royal Caribbean doesn't want to remember this, but it is true, they were kind of trying to retrain us on how to cruise, and that didn't really take too well with me. Now, I bought in a little bit. I told you I was booked in 2015 on one of the first quantum class, uh, first quantum of the seas cruise ships. I definitely, because of the itinerary, I bailed out, rebooked on a longer Norwegian gem cruise, but... I remember through the booking process and through the, I guess, the, 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 the cruise planner and things like that, what they were trying to tell you is that on this cruise, to maximize your cruise experience, what you want to make sure you do is plan, plan, plan. Like everything on the ship, if there's a show you want to see, get in on it, book your reservation a month early. If there's a, 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 an experience you want to do, make sure you – so basically – what it was, and I don't knock it per se for everybody for cruising across the board, but for me and how I like to cruise, over planning before I get on the ship, I get away from that. Now I was going to do it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the. I'm going to take their advice. If they're telling me that I got to plan, and my best way to have the the, the um, to to optimize my experience on this ship is to plan, I'll do it. I'll try it. So I bought in a little bit. I was hitting up the cruise planner, but that was the other thing. Back then, the website was a disaster too, so the cruise planner would break down all the times too. And then they hit you right in the mouth with this thing that was very, very short-lived called Dynamic Dining. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember those good old days of Dynamic Dining. And uh, it was it was basically that they were going to have three or four smaller dining rooms. They were going to get away from the main dining room, three or four smaller dining rooms that actually did have a theme, and they were going to move you around throughout your trip. Uh, I think, I don't know if they were going to keep your same waiters or not. I don't remember what the policy was on that, but this is what they were going to do. That was the policy. That's what they were going to do is try in this thing called dynamic dining. And basically, I think the whole theme was just leave it in our hands. I know you're skeptical. I know you're wondering whether or not, you know, I know this is different, a different type of cruise experience than you're used to, but let us try this out. And the honest uh, reaction was that people said absolutely not. We're not into it. Now, these restaurants still exist uh, on the quantum class of ships, but I guess the point I'm trying to, the point that I'm going with right now is just how unique uh, the, the experience was and just how different 
and and kind of what would you say? You might want to say innovative. The experience on the quantum class of ships was supposed to be other notable things on the quantum class of ships that you won't find anywhere and they were kind of first to see and i still this is definitely a bucket list cruise experience thing for me i want to be in that 270 lounge uh the 270 lounge gets its name from how many degrees you're able to see uh, multi-level the first feature is basically it serves as a sort of like a hangout room uh, a, a a dining room, not a dining traditional dining room, but you could eat in there based on the cafe being very proximal. Uh, entertainment shows uh, during the and and a beautiful kind of like aft picturesque two hundred and seventy degree window setting that can be converted into LED screens to where anything can be projected onto them. So that right there in a theater type of setup is very very unique you don't see that on cruise ships it's 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 awesome and i definitely wanted to check it out uh i still do and then also there were five screens robot screens that are just kind of part of the show it's really i don't i have a hard time describing what they actually are but i guess i'll give it a shot it's five screens led screens large i don't know the exact dimensions of them but they are on uh moving heads and they are designed to basically, I guess, be part of whatever show. They bring life to the show. So it's completely interactive. When you're talking about the windows that convert into LED screens, the actors themselves, the sound system, and then the robot screens that can project anything on there that can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form. Again, this is the type of thing that, you know, maybe check out some YouTube videos, but it's it's tough to explain. But they're very, very, the, the TVs are very, very smart. They work, uh, I guess, very synergistically with each other, with the rest of the performance and all the other uh, audio, vis- vis- visual, and other whatever five senses that are taken for this crazy journey in this room. And for me, uh, you know, and watching little snippets of some of the shows, there's a lot for them to work with, you know, whether it's uh, special effects, whether it's lifting people off the ground, um, and just, you know, you basically, so if you can imagine you're sitting there watching this show and then behind you, what used to be windows all during the day, which gives you a full unobstructed view of the entire, uh, horizon are now led screens. And you could be in a forest in a thunderstorm, or you could be underwater in an aquarium. You could be in any village that they want to put you in. And, uh, I definitely want to check that out. That's 270 Lounge. Also, the Royal Esplanade. We, Esplanade. we all know about the Royal Promenade. And that's basically, you know, the knock on it at its worst is that it's like the American shopping mall. But to me, what I love about it is like it's it, it's a town center. It's a meeting place. It's a central nerve center where you can go at any time and people watch and gather and have a coffee. And it's like basically walking down Main Street, USA. That's what I kind of like about it. And being an urban kid uh, who, who, who spent more time in the city than in the country, I, I gravitate to that. I kind of actually love it. Um, what else? The iFly. I mean, how <laughs> going back to the love boat thing. When, when would you ever imagine that you were going to be able to skydive on a cruise ship out of control? Uh, iFly is a uh, 
land-based company that we had one or two of them in Orlando, actually, and they're popping up all over the place, but now you're putting them on a cruise ship, and to me, I mean, that's a nice little touch. Is it gimmicky? Can people say that, you know, what do I need that for on a cruise ship? Yes, you can say it. Have they repeated it on other cruise ships? No, they haven't. Well, yes, other ships. I'm saying not other classes of ships. Does that mean that it's not working as well as they thought? I don't know, but still. Or maybe it does work, and they just want to keep that uniqueness to the quantum and quanta, quantum ultra classes of ships. I'm not sure. Uh, but it still is very unique. It's innovative, and it is something that absolutely makes the quantum class of ships unlike any other. And then the most notable, and then the most unique, the most visible, the most celebrated, is the North Star. What are we doing here? Are we really doing this? Like cruise ships are these mega structures, 20 decks high in many cases, that just uh, basically the uh, in, in, in many, many, many instances, the minute they roll into town, they are the largest structure in on the entire island. So already it's this giant structure. And then what are we going to do? We're going to build a multi-story moving head with a pod at the end of it that up to a dozen or 20 people, I don't know how many people, can get into this thing and get an even crazier view of everything that's around you. Not only is it a crazy view, not only is it vertical, it goes side to side. It goes off the side of uh, each 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 side of the ship. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Now, I don't know. Is this something that this is not something? We talk about cruising, right? Uh, we say it over and over again. It's a copycat league. If something works for somebody, it's not long before other cruise lines take it and run with it and they just kind of make their own version of it. Now, this is not something that has been uh, copied. Is it because it's too ambitious or is it because something that is looked at as like a little bit of a gimmick? I'm not sure, but see what you want. The North Star is absolute cruise history. That is cruise history, just like the way, the way the magic carpet is on the celebrity ships, the newer celebrity ships. It's amazing. Uh, so we have to give, to me, it's important uh, to give the quantum, quantum ultra class of ships its just due as one of or some of the most innovative ships in the game. But let's get back specifically to Odyssey of the Seas. Uh, when she does get back to the United States, she will set up shop in Fort Lauderdale. She's going to call, uh, call on some Soka or Southern Caribbean routes and visit places around the ABC Islands. Um, she'll do some Cozumel as well. The dining options are the usual hits like hibachi-style restaurants called Teppanyaki, uh, as well as Giovanni's Italian Kitchen and Wine Bar, which is another interesting one. Remember they had that brief run with Jamie's Italian, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, remember Giovanni's? Giovanni's was the old Royal Caribbean way to get, way to do it, way to do Italian. And then Jamie's Italian comes onto the scene until Jamie Oliver was unfortunately canceled. I forgot this scandal. He got involved with it. I don't know. what It, it doesn't take much nowadays anyway. Um, for me, I don't know. For me, it's for the best. I don't know, what do you want? Your British guy making your meatballs? I mean... British people don't get mad. You know what I mean. I I, I don't I don't want uh, I don't want fish and chips from an Italian guy either. It's just you know, it's Jamie Oliver. Who, who's it? Just when you're talking about authentic authenticity, uh, the Italian the Italian guy you usually want a guy named you got Jamie Oliver or Giovanni. Okay, I'll ask you guys who you want making your meatballs. <laughs> I don't know. It all evens out, right? Don't cancel me. 
If I want fish and chips, I want it to be Jamie Oliver. Uh, I think the thing that I'm most excited about on this ship is the Playmaker Sports Bar. I do love the Playmaker that they put on navigator of the seas and some of the other new ships that they amped up um it's a it's it's a next level evolution of the sports bar concept uh, but i also like this particular one on the odyssey of the seas because of its location where they normally put it in the promenade or dare i say esplanade uh it's just kind of like a long bar and restaurant and retail row in this case in this scenario on odyssey of the seas they're putting it above the cplex and I really feel that that gives it uh, the opportunity to give it a bit, a bit of more impressive space. It looks bigger, it looks more impressive, and it overlooks the C-Plex. So you want to have a drink, you want to kind of feel like you're in the open air. It really gives you an actual sports bar feel. They definitely look like they added a lot more TVs. Um, you know, if you, nowadays on land, you go to some of these new new age sports bars. I mean, look at the Twin Peaks. Of course, it's got the uh, other component that they sell there at Twin Peaks. But when you talk about sports uh, and a sports bar, it's it's almost perfect the way it's set up. And it does look like uh, Playmakers is going in that direction as they set up a very, very impressive space right over the C-Plex. Um, the pictures that I've seen look absolutely great. Definitely a place that I would be spending a lot of time in. And you know me, anytime you can get a drink in the right hand and a gorgeous view, if you look inward, you see the C-Plex, what's going on, maybe some entertaining bumper cars matches are happening, uh, maybe some uh, funny uh, <laughs> trapeze lessons are going on, and then you look right to the other side, you have the unobstructed view of the sea. What could possibly be better? Add a couple of hot wings? Yeah, sounds good. I'm in. Sign me up. What do I got to do? Who do I got to talk to? Uh Playmakers will have the sports bar menu along with tons of games like pool, trivia. Uh, it's going to also have that cool VIP seating. You've seen it on uh, some of the other ones. Some of the some of the already existing Playmakers, they have kind of like cool little seating. Now, I don't really know how you apply that to the cruise experience. Like if I was on land and I saw that, I'd be like, you know what? Next time I do like a Yankee game watch or a birthday party or something, I want that space. You know what I mean? But do you do that on a cruise ship? Is there any impromptu VIP type of experiences that happen you know, normally it's like an area that on land you would look at it and you'd say, okay, I need the business card because I want to reserve that space in a couple of weeks. On a cruise ship, it look, it has that same look and feel better, dare I say, but what do you do? Do you, do, you, do you just, I mean, I think you could just set up shop and sit there. I don't think there's any reservations or anything necessary or, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I wonder what they, how will they get the best and highest use out of these really, really well-imagined VIP areas? How will they populate that is what I'm saying. So I don't know that answer yet. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, they're taking a shot at the Skypad. Do you guys remember the Sky? You guys know the Skypad. It is an amped uh, 2.0, whatever it is. Amp. What, what do they call the real Caribbean thing that they do? Uh, amplified, amped, amped up. Whatever it is, uh, it is their, I guess, uh, their campaign to refurbish a lot of the 10-year or so old ships and add a lot of different bells and whistles. Obviously, it's kind of like the Carnival 2.0 version from Royal Caribbean. 
I would argue that it's as good or better what they're doing with these uh, amped amplified Royal Amplified chips. Maybe that's it, Royal Amplified. Um, but the Skypad was something that they introduced to that, and what that was, what that is, is a large spherical, I guess. Um, uh, venue you might want to call it with a trampoline and then it's interactive is that in that you are tied to some bungees you are jumping up and down on a trampoline secured by the bungees and secured is the operative word we'll get into that in a second and uh then you have uh <laughs> it sounds like a i mean it sounds awfully dangerous to begin with you have a virtual reality headset on so Everything that's going on around you, you're jumping up and down physically and literally on the trampoline, but you're seeing some sort of different world in your VR headset, which, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It seems a little uh, dangerous. And then one guy did fly off the side of it, land face down, and he did break his hip. Yes, I'm sure he is... um, you know, physically not living very comfortably, but financially, I'm sure there are a lot of comforts that came his way as a result of that. Not that we want to see that happen to anybody. Uh, accidents do happen. You wonder if that, uh, you know, the, the, the sky pad was going to be something that, okay, you know what? We're a little ambitious there. Let's take off the feature. We're, we're, we're Royal Caribbean, and we are just basically thinking of anything that possibly can happen on a cruise ship from an entertainment standpoint and an activity standpoint. I do realize that, but maybe having somebody jump blindly on a trampoline, having to trust the fact that these bungee cords are holding us in place while having no actual sight line to the real world, maybe we kind of cut our losses with the one incident. But no, they came back stronger than ever, and they're committed to it, and there will be a sky pad on the uh, on on the on the near the near the aft portion of Odyssey of the Seas. Now, I don't know about you, I'm gonna let somebody else do that. I'm leaving that one alone. Let me know what you think. Of course, the regular venues that are so, so fun and so successful, uh, Lime and Coconut Bar, El Loco Fresh, beautiful venues. Uh, uh, I, I love the direction Royal Caribbean went with especially Lime and Coconut Bar in that, yes, there is now a reason to be outside on a Royal Caribbean ship after the sun goes down, where in my opinion, it wasn't always that way. And then, of course, the solarium. But, yeah, this ship looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. I hope it eventually comes to a port of call near me because I am absolutely going to be on this cruise ship. All right, let's take a rare and quick little dive into the ultra-luxury sector. Uh, Crystal Cruises, apparently they've been enjoying a surge for their July bookings in the Bahamas. Uh, they were the first, basically, to kind of announce that they were going to jump into, uh, jump back into sailing from the Bahamas. Uh, you know, I thought that was a nice little step, but I didn't get excited about it because you're not going to find me on a Crystal cruise ship. But within the first 24 hours of announcing that Crystal Serenity will start sailing from Nassau on July 3rd, somewhere around 4,000 cruisers nabbed a spot on the world-famous ultra-luxury ship. Now, this accounts for 25,000 of the total inventory that's available for these set of sailings. Uh, This includes almost 200 guests who are already committing to a back-to-back sailing, and some, now, this, this is crazy, some spend uh are planning on spending 42 days on board this ship you guys know me 
You know there's no such thing as a, a, a cruise that's too long for me. I can honestly not think at the back end. And some people say this is like the bittersweet thing. When the cruise is ending, it's bittersweet because I want the cruise to end. I don't want the cruise to end. I don't want my vacation to end. But it's always so nice to get off the ship and come back home. Okay? To me, no. You're half right. I don't want the damn thing to end. I, I There's no cruise that's too long for me. But under these conditions, going in blind after a pandemic and you're signing up for 42 days on board a cruise ship, you got uh, you got stones. You got stones, I'm telling you. 42 days, even a back-to-back. I probably wouldn't even do a back-to-back right now. You know what I mean? Just because of you just heard the horror stories of you know when things got hot and heavy uh, during the onset of the pandemic. I I would just say, you know what? Let's do a regular normal cruise. Let's see how it goes. Let's stick the proverbial toe in the water. Let's proverbially crawl before we walk. And then let's see what we can do. You know what? If you have the time, the luxury of time, let's book those back-to-backs and those 42-day cruises down the road a little bit. I'm not sure. All right. Let's talk about what we've all wanted to talk about and what we've all been waiting for. And you've heard me, Mr. Uh, Tommy Sinek over here, talk about how, you know, they're full of shit. They're full of shit. They're giving you the runaround. Now we actually are getting closer. There is reason to believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And not only light at the end of the tunnel, there's sailings, which is crazy to me because I'm thinking, all right, you know, test sailings you know we didn't even announce pro to me it was announce the protocols announce the date for the test sailing and then give me a cruise we skipped the first two we don't even have protocols yet we don't have a clearly clear-cut list of protocols now that'll happen before these sailings do you know set sail but at this point right now we know there's a date of a resumption but we do not have a clear list of protocols yet. So as we know, the first announcement, everybody was pissed last week. I was too. And to me, I don't think I was wrong. Still, I think I was right in the fact that they put out this announcement that this is the news you've all been waiting for. And then they did the coffee talk. And the coffee talk was just them having a conversation about new sailings to the West Coast on Navigator of the Seas, which sucks. Because that is big news. The fact that Navigator of the Seas is going out to California is big news. But it's not the news we're waiting for. That you, you did yourself a disservice. You undermined your own undermined undermound? Undermined your own news by having us think you were gonna announce the resumption of sailing, and then you hit us with Navigator of the Seas is going to the West Coast in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. Where you, normally you'd be like, Whoa, that's actually pretty pretty cool. But we were waiting for the resumption of cruising. And then, weirdly, two days later, we find out that Celebrity, uh, the Celebrity Millennium, uh, who was supposed to go, which she was supposed to go and spend the summer in Alaska, that shut down, as we know. So now they're going to put the Celebrity Millennia out of St. Martin. And she's going to do runs to uh, the Southern Caribbean and Cozumel and places like that. That's big news, okay? Everybody was a little bit more like, all right. For to me, to me though, it wasn't huge news because it's just a celebrity, a, a, a Royal Caribbean based, meaning celebrity, cruise ship, doing another sailing in an area where I can't get to. You know what I mean? Now, yes, it was a little bit. Uh, you, you get that's newsworthy, okay? That's if they said that on the coffee talk, I would have been like, all right, 
we, we were in the right direction here. Still, I would have been a little cynical because I can't get to it. You know what I mean? I can't. I'm not going to San Juan, uh, Saint, Saint Martin, to to sail. I don't. Not a fly guy. You know what I mean? And this is clearly not out of the. You wouldn't call it out of the American market, but then the very next day they announce that our beloved, our vessel, our pirate ship on Pirates at Pier Runners One, Adventure of the Seas, is going to be running itineraries out of Nassau in the Bahamas. Now, now you're talking, okay? Now you got my attention. Now you're on my radar. Now I'm signed up and I'm in. Okay, let I mean let me know when that is. Uh, again, it's different now. I am in New York. I can't necessarily run to Florida, get on a ferry, but they do have ferry options from Miami to Nassau, which is great. I now can book a cruise. A cruise that. Hold on a second though. Let's back up. Are we a hundred percent positive? Think of. And I don't want to be negative. I do not want to be negative. Okay, Tommy Cynics is going away a little bit with this announcement because I do believe that they have every intention to cruise out of Nassau. I do have every. Uh, I, I do have all the belief in the world and faith in the fact that these are probably going to happen. What can stand in its way? I'm trying to think. Anything CDC related? I don't think so. I don't think there's really anything. Bohemian government, bohemian travel restrictions, obviously, okay, it's important to note that these cruises, all of these cruises, you're going to have to have to have to have the vaccine for, which I have no problem with. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people are against that. They don't like it. Uh, and I respect that. I personally do not have a problem with them having the initial batch of cruises uh, mandating the vaccine. No problem with that uh, on my end. Uh, what will the experience be like? I'm not sure. We'll have to see. This is going to be fascinating. Um, I don't know. We're gonna see. We're gonna see what's gonna happen. But it is very, very. I do bring this news to you. Not that you don't know it already, but I celebrate this news with you. In that we are able to. If you want to get to Saint Martin, great. Or if you're able to get to Nassau, which is a much easier run from the continental United States, you are able to go on week-long cruises. That is fabulous, fabulous news. And for the first time in a very, very long time, after months and months and months of people probably being upset with me at the level of cynicism that I've been displaying, now I can actually say, you know, okay, again, the cynicism—you uh, know, the cynical part of me does wait for the other shoe to drop. What's going to happen? How can this be stopped? It's almost like kill me, but it is almost a little bit of a too good to be true scenario in my mind. But for the moment, Tommy Cynic is dead. Tommy Cynic is 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 gone right now. I, this is absolute great news. This is. What I've been waiting for, it's not like, you know, you need to call me up or email me and say, Tommy, where's the cynic attitude now? Where's, you know, what, why, you know, you were all negative. Yeah, okay. Well, I was negative until it's time to stop being negative. Now there's a reason for positivity, and that's exactly what this is. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped for everybody who's going to be on this thing. Will I be on the first couple? No, only because of work commitments, things like that. I can't, you know, especially since right now I'm on my day uh, day eight or nine of being quarantined. So I've been being paid to be at work, and 
not working. I mean, working from home as much as they can, but not being with boots on the ground. So I do have a little bit of guilt when it comes to that. So I am not going to be rushing to get on any vacations in the next couple of months. But I am absolutely, uh, I mean, just waiting with bated breath and anticipation to see how these things go. And I know I'll know some people. I know some of you will be on some of the first cruises. I know some people who already bought their airfare to get on these ships. I know Scott and Kara, they've been on the phone with uh, Royal Caribbean and Celebrity trying to square away their future cruise credit and where they are with everything, just in in anticipation of being able to get themselves in a position to get on these sailings. So, so many good things uh, are on the horizon, it looks like, and it does look like we have finally got ourselves in a position as Americans to be able to find ourselves on cruise ships. But I do wish and want going back to the the woman from a congressperson from alaska i want to hear her follow-up with the woman from the cdc and i do think it's important that we find out who are the real decision makers when it comes to allowing cruise lines and cruise ships to navigate their way through this framework for the resumption of cruising who's in charge I think that's very, very important to know, and I want to respectfully, respectfully, I don't want to be, I don't want to start a protest or a riot or whatever else. I don't want to do any of that, but I want to ask the question, hey, listen, ma'am, I asked you a question. I want to know who's in charge. You can't answer me. You can't give me a date. You can't give me a timeline because of the fact that you say you are not the only decision maker. Your agency is not the only decision maker. Well, I want to know who else is making these decisions. I want to know who to go to for the answers that I'm looking for. And that is more than fair. You need five days to give me the answer? No problem. But get me the answer. I'm not going away. Let's read your emails. I feel like I'm having a good audio day, right? I think the, the thing sounds pretty good. Not really. I was working on a hum before I had this buzz unplugging stuff, re- rewiring things. I couldn't find this damn buzz that was going on in the uh, in the sound. And then I just did like a quick little mic arm adjustment, and I don't know what happened. It, it sounds good though, right? Sounds pretty good. What do you think? How's it sound? Let me know. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. Uh, you could hit me up at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com and let me know what's on your mind. We could talk cruising. We could talk resumptions. We could talk, uh, you know, suspensions, whatever you want to do. But uh, I, I want to keep the show going. And the emails that you guys send, and we got a good amount of them this week. Uh, the emails you guys send are uh, something that people seem to like. So I would love to read emails all day. You know what I mean? But I can't do it if there are no emails. So send them in. Wouldn't it be a really nice gesture? You know what I mean? Your boy's got COVID-19. <laughs> Listen to me. And get yourself a Patreon membership. <laughs> Playing the sympathy card for Patreon. Uh, anyway, I do have a Patreon. Check it out. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. It really, really helps me out. If you sign up, if you do sign up, you like what you hear, you keep it going, you can cancel at any time. Just ask all the people who have. <laughs> People come and go. I do get it. There's people that have, are on their third and fourth uh, time subscribing to the Patreon. 
we do go in runs. Uh, I do understand that. You know, the, you had to give me a little bit of um, slack, ideal, ideally, because of just the opening of the restaurant over the last couple of weeks, and you know, then just kind of having COVID nineteen and this and that. But again, five dollars a month. It's a huge, huge vote of support for the show. It helps me out tremendously. It gets me closer to where I want to be as far as being able to give you guys more content. And honestly, the most important thing that it does is it just gives me encouragement. It tells me that you guys are out there. It tells me that you guys are listening. It tells me that you guys are enjoying uh, the work the work that I put into this Um and my, listen, what am I telling? I'm not lifting bricks here. You know, I know that. I know this is not manual labor that I'm doing, but there is a lot of stuff. Every day, I do keep my ear close to the tracks. I do pay attention and I give that information. I take that information in, I repackage it in my small mind, and I regurgitate it out to you in whatever form that it comes out in. Some of you seem to like it. You know what I mean? That's all I'll say. If you want more of it, patreon.com slash always be booked. We have a community online. I know there's some new listeners. Uh, uh, I, I've dove into some groups. I'll say that. I've di- I've dove into some groups and I've kind of weighed in answering some questions. I have to manage my, uh, what would you say? Manage my, what would you call it? Manage my, uh, um, level of emotion when I see the misinformation that goes out there. You know what I mean? So I do say, all right, well, you know what? You can't blame everybody. I don't blame people for not knowing stuff. I just blame people when they get on and pound it into the comment section like it's gospel. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I know, and this is what you need to know, followed by information that's completely in every way, shape, and form false. Um, but we have a community. It's called the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge. It's on Facebook. It's where we interact the most. By the way, Patreon, don't forget, we have the uh, Clubhouse coming. So if you're on Patreon, get yourself a Clubhouse account. And then once you do that, look for the room that I create where we will have real dialogue back and forth. You know what I mean? Look into Clubhouse. It's cool. It actually is pretty cool if you're talking about a topic that's close to your heart. But it is what it is. So um, also the Instagram, always be booked on Instagram. And please, YouTube. I guarantee if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, you'll find some stuff there that you will uh, be uh, mildly entertained by. Definitely look into that. All right. So let's do some emails here. Tommy. I apologize. My email will not be easy to read. Well, that's not that's not a good start. <laughs> Upstate father of twins trying very hard to be a cone here. We had a makeshift group cruise to the Greek Isles, August of 2020, uh, an explorer of the seas, and bounced it to 2021, the same month, Odyssey of the Seas. Now we are hopeful to see more. Uh, we added a day f- for June 2026-2022, Odyssey again. But we added a day for June 26-2022, Odyssey again. So I guess that's just another cruise. We are uh, the last holdout due to life happening. Your podcast, no matter how tough it is, has been to hear you go through uh, the stuck with no party to go to or cruise or close to or cruise 
cruiser close to just reminds me that we are all in this boat together and sometimes we need drinks with the captain as it slips away we will get back sorry i'm bouncing back and forth on subjects like your rambling normally goes very very good i like that we had four cabins of friends when we started this plan now due to life happening and no longer wanting to wait to grow up we are down to just my family of four people hoping to have a good time with my pair of 10 year old boys well you will I could say that you will. I mean, are you going to have a bad time? Would it be a little bit more fun and out of control if you had that big group? It always is. But you're going on a cruise with your family. Come on. We, are we, is it going to be bad? I know I'm not your normal listener, but thank you for being you through this. Hoping I can keep... Uh, thank you for being you through this. Hoping I could keep close to the I fly weight limit while I'm eating everything in Rome. I put the rest of Italy off after... Uh, off till after the cruise part what do you know about my added port in turkey thanks again frazzled welder pop jerry well you said a few things jerry you you weren't lying when you said your email would be difficult to read uh it was a little all over the map and we didn't necessarily pay a huge huge premium on uh punctuation or uh things like that I didn't know where some sentences started and where some ended, but that's fine. I think I got the general gist, Jerry, and I thank you so much for the email. So, no, I got nothing for you on Turkey. I'm not here to lie to you. We don't lie to each other as cones. You know what I mean? So I got nothing for you on Turkey. What I do love that you said was Oneonta. Oneonta is a place that will forever be special in my heart. I mean, there's so much, so many trips to Oneonta. Where I sit right now, it's four hours away. In Long Island, that doesn't stop us from going up there. You know, uh, we had a good amount of friends that did become, um, you know, they entered their collegiate careers at Oneonta, SUNY New York. And people, uh, let's just say that the stories that happened in Oneonta were just out of control. I remember just, you know, we had a group of girls that went there that we were friends with. And like anywhere from like eight to ten of us would go up there basically every other weekend, half the time. Or I should say every other weekend to some sort of SUNY school. And I will say Oneonta was my favorite. I could tell you some of the, I got arrested in Oneonta one time. I was like walking down the street. Let's do a quick little Oneonta story barrage here. Walking down the street in Oneonta, snow everywhere, freezing cold, going from bar to bar. You know, you think you're uh, in Long Island or the New York City area. So when the cop pulls, pulls, pulls next to you while you're walking through the street with an open container and, um, you know, and he does question you for having said open container. Here's what your response shouldn't be. Ready? Don't say, don't say this. Ready? Here's what you don't say. Officer, come on. It's an open beer. What are you going to do? Take me to jail? I'll repeat that because you should write it down if you were thinking about saying it in Oneonta. Walking down whatever the main strip is, passing the sip and sail, the alley, uh, margaritas you know getting you know maybe on the way for some cold cheese pizza and when you're walking down and the cop says hey you got an open container of beer don't say well officer what are you gonna do take me to jail over it i know i said it different that time but basically the paraphrasing just uh yeah so don't do that because i ended up in jail um handcuffed uh to a cell without shoes without i shouldn't say that without shoelaces they take shoelaces away from you so you can't hang yourself in an only out to jail which uh i wasn't gonna do but i, I spent about four or five hours there yeah it wasn't ideal not ideal 
Oneonta also um, <clears throat> met a girl. Uh, you always meet girls in Oneonta. Seems like it <laughs> seems like a good place for that. Uh, one of those nights where you're on another level when it comes to the booze, and uh, you go home with the girl, and uh, you know you have a nice time. You enjoy yourself, uh, and then whatever recreational activities you do take part in there. Uh, maybe they come to a completion, and you're finished, and you're laying there relaxing in a uh, makeshift dorm room bed. And then, um, you know, you, you, you're drifting in and out of consciousness because of booze slash tired slash whatever else. And then you look up and uh, you find that your new friend has placed a four foot iguana on your chest. And said iguana is looking at you right in the face. And then you jump up out of bed and now you're sober as a judge. You put on your shoes and you sprint out of the door into the snow. Um, some other things happened in Oneonta. What else? Uh Oh, Oneonta Yankees. Shout out to the Oneonta Yankees. Now, this I'm not proud of when you're a kid. You know, you look back and some of the stuff you do and, you know, you don't you're not a bad person, but you do stupid things and bad things. And uh, we were uh, big, big, big Yankee fans. And uh, the, the Oneonta Yankees was still a thing back in the 90s. I don't think they're a thing anymore. And uh, yes, let's just say my best friend has, uh, you know, due to a Sunday Late night, overnight, dare I say, 4 a.m. Uh, break-in, uh, my friend does have three or four of the bases from uh, Oneonta, the uh, Oneonta Yankees baseball stadium in his backyard now set firmly into the ground. Um, many, many other Oneonta stories, love that, but I'm glad you brought up a lot of Odyssey of the Seas stuff. I'm glad we talked about uh, some of the things from Odyssey of the Seas uh, that we touched on, the iFly uh, I'm sure you'll be fine. You know what I mean? I don't know. The weight limit? There is a weight limit? I would think that there wouldn't be that much of a weight limit. I would think it'd be more like, you know, you got a lot of surface area for the wind to catch, right? I don't know. The hell do I know? But I do hope, Jerry, that you and your family do have a great time on the cruise, and I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Please hit us back. Tommy, I'd enjoy hearing your battle stories in terms of being hungover and recovering and winning the day. What are your secrets for the day after a long, tough, great night? And that's from Daniel Roberts, one of the best that ever do it. Do it. Um, Daniel appeared on the Patreon. You know, sometimes we have you guys on as guests. Uh, the sound quality wasn't best. I was I was trying to get that on the regular show, but we just couldn't connect with it with a signal as good as I'd like. So we had to do it on the Patreon. And I am confident and looking forward to having Daniel on the regular show because he did a great job on the uh, on the interview. But Daniel, like I said, the, the, you know, to me, hangovers on vacations aren't as bad. Like. For whatever reason, I could just drink more, and then when I wake up, knowing that I'm a, I'm on vacation, I think hangovers in a lot of ways and shapes and forms are mental. So what I do is drink until I uh, until I want to drink, which is a lot. Drink a lot, and then what I do is I wake up in the morning and I take away the option for me to be hungover. So of course I'll be drinking water throughout the night, stay hydrated. The biggest enemy to the hangover is hydration. That's what's important to know. And then what I will do is force myself by 10 a.m. to get to the gym. Now will I be that productive in the gym? That's varying degrees. But then I will, after at least a good half hour, 45 minutes of sweating. I will retreat to the sauna and the spa and continue to sweat, continue to hydrate. And then you feel like a new man. You make your way to the pool deck. 
maybe have some coffee, maybe have some fruit, and the hung, the hangover, that's that's a hang, that's a real deal hangover cure for me. Now again, I always say this that things that happen at sea don't work as well on land. I don't think that would work as well on land, but it does work for me when I'm at sea. So that's my uh my trick. You wake up, force yourself to wake up. All right, so let's do it. Stay hydrated one. Force yourself to wake up by 10 the latest, no questions asked. Uh, get yourself to the gym. Be as productive as you can. Work up a sweat. Make your way to the spa, the, uh, the, 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 the sauna, the steam room. Then get to the breakfast area. Get yourself uh, some coffee and some fruit. And you're ready to take on the day, dare I say, start with the margaritas again. Hey, Tommy, I got to say I agree with a lot you've been saying here lately in regards to cruising. People want to get mad at people like us for living in reality, but I'm not going to live in a fantasy world, and sometimes the truth hurts. Carnival just canceled our May cruise, and at this point, I've lost track of all of our cancellations, so it didn't even phase me. I knew we weren't going. It was never a question of if it was going to get canceled, but more when is it going to get canceled? Well, We'll get back to cruising eventually, but it's going to be a while still. You're talking 90 days to get this thing ramped up with test sailings and whatnot. Even when they do get back going, it's going to be so limited. And that's understandable. I'm not mad at anyone for that uh, because that's just what the situation is at the moment. That said, we still got to be booked. We still have it to vacation and that's exactly what we're doing we just booked five nights in an all-inclusive in cancun for april we've never done one but after pricing condos in hilton head and other beaches it just makes better sense financial financially to do the all-inclusive i'm sure we would be spending significantly more if we just got the condo gas money groceries going out to eat alcohol entertainment etc it adds up and adds up fast that's one of the things I really love and miss about cruising is how affordable it is, especially for families. Anyway, it's not a cruise, but I think it's as close as we're going to get for now. With seven restaurants, seven bars, two water parks, gym, water sports, mini golf, nighttime entertainment, and a balcony room overlooking the ocean, I think we'll be just fine. If it sucks, well, then at least there's seven bars. Boat drinks, Brian Jameson. Brian, you nailed it. I couldn't agree with disagree with anything you just said. And I couldn't agree with it anymore. I, I do think you put yourself in the very best position to get yourself something as close to cruising as possibly could be. These all-inclusives are great. I think they are phenomenal. I think especially with cruising on the shelf, if that's what's at your disposal, that's what's at your disposal. I just, in no real world, would I say that it is as good as cruising or it's comparable to cruising because me personally... I love the surprise around every corner. I love the adventure aspect of it. I love going from port to port. I love the whole structural wonderment of being on a cruise ship. Uh, the affordability is there. So for me, it, it will always be cruising. But yeah, if there's no cruising, I cannot disagree with your decision to go on an all-inclusive, especially when you compare it to, like you said, uh, a standard regular vacation. I, again, you know, for people who have all the money in the world and for people who realized you know what this is going to be a five to six thousand dollar person up per person experience god bless you go do it go do whatever you want to do uh go on whatever cultural experience or cultural vacation you want to domestic or not um but 
for me, I just you can't you have to jump at the chance to consolidate the way a cruise vacation allows you to to make sense of all your finances, have them all in front of you, limit the variables as much as you can with cruising. Uh, of course, sometimes you're going to spend. What are your variables? Your casino, sometimes your excursions, sometimes your land-based drinking, that type of thing, or eating, all that type of stuff. Your 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 uh, your, your your tourism shopping. Those are your variables. But other than that, your basics, your nuts and bolts, there are no variables. You know what you're spending. You know what you're getting yourself into. And yeah, that's just as much of any reason why I love cruising and why I agree with you, Brian. But in the meantime, what you're doing is absolutely perfect. Ah, where to start? Kara and I, and when you hear her email start with that, you know this is from Scott. Kara and I have been to two all-inclusive resorts results resorts in the past month in november we went and stayed at dreams la romana in the dominican republic uh this was a good time but we were see you can't just scoot over that one because scott sent me a video and it'll stay between us uh cara shout out to cara she's a champ okay let's just call her what she is she's a champ uh she was at dinner on some boat there was some celebration going on. There was some tequila happening. And, uh, you know, there was a party in Kara's tummy. And everybody decided to leave the party all at once. Let's just put it like that. And that was a very, very public exodus of all the, uh, I guess, the members of that party that were going on in Kara's tummy. Uh, everybody decided all at once that we were leaving the party and we were not asking for invitations to walk out. They came right out. Uh, and it happened in public, and Kara dealt with that, and Scott dealt with that, and they just kind of moved on. So let's give them credit for that. They just powered through that, and uh, I think you know what I mean, but Kara, great job. High, high entertainment level that was. Whatever you think I bring to you from an entertainment standpoint, whether it's the live streams, whether it's these podcasts, understand you paid me back in droves when I saw that video of uh, the tequila leaving leaving Kara's uh, person. Uh, let's just uh, move on. The reason we booked this spot is because it has the best water in the Dominican. No waves, crystal clear blue water. That's what we look for in our Caribbean vacations. Uh, all in all, this was our second time to the Dominican Republic, and we were pretty set on not going back as you either have a dis- have to have a distance from everything fun to do or very choppy water and a seaweed issue sorry hold on at the end of january we went to cancun this vacation did give us the closest thing to a cruise experience you could actually get we stayed at the hyatt ziva at 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 the top of the seven in cancun at the top of the seven in cancun i will attach a picture to below to so you understand there is water on both sides of the resort. Everything was in reach for us. We stayed in the turquoise tower at the hotel, which is the adults-only experience where you get a butler that you can text with uh, with WhatsApp to get your, get you whatever you need, uh, your private lounge, your hot tub on the balcony, and private turquoise guests-only bar and pool. Side note, one day we put body wash in the balcony hot tub and filled the balcony with... <laughs> with soap bubbles and threw it down to the people at the pool area from eight stories up it was a real hoot they called it a phone party right remember those phone parties those spring break phone parties leave it to scott 
and Scott and Kara to uh, establish their own foam party on their balcony. I even did a, I even did make myself look like a snowman. Uh, I did. I even did a make myself look like a snowman show on the balcony with soap bubbles. I have zero doubt. I can actually see this. You know, in my mind, I'm like, why wouldn't Scott make himself look like a snowman on the balcony with his own personal phone party? That's what it's all about. That's what this whole quarantine thing and all this crap that we're going through is about. Making your own fun, making your own party, finding a way to get that R&R. I used to carry guilt with it. I used to be like, look at us complaining about not being able to go on cruises, uh, bitching about not being able to be on vacation. Honestly, to us, I, I'm done with that. I don't feel feel carry guilt with it anymore. To us, it is a level of spirituality. Some people go to certain things for spirituality. Some people go to nature for spirituality and that re- rest and relaxation and recharge type of scenario. And no, I'm not going to feel guilt for it anymore. While in Cancun, uh, we did some activities. Second night, we did Exo Milco, uh, Chocho Milco, as he provides me with the pronunciation, which I appreciate. It is a cultural experience on a non-motorized water water dinner craft okay the booze were the booze was plentiful and we got toasted tommy has video of cara cara's finale okay so that's where that happened okay my bad i do apologize very good (laughs) that was cultural as hell right there very good cultural experience but did not help that we had a domestic disturbance on our boat trip a man beating on his wife and breaking the chair she was sitting in okay yeah so that's not what you want to see you don't want to see the man beating the wife uh, dare I say it's a little bit of a conundrum as to what to do about it. Normally, you want to step in on something like that and uh, keep the peace. And I guess that's what you would lean on having to do. But yeah, there is a little bit of an or on air of uh, hesitance, I would say. Anything controversial when you're not in your home country, you're taking a big risk with. You know what I mean? You, you Sometimes you have to kind of allow certain scenarios to play out. You know, when you see that type of ever see anybody get in an awkward domestic altercation on a vacation, I have. And every time you see that scenario, you can tell that that is just the way they live. You know what I mean? You could tell that, you know, damn well, that if you jumped into that situation and tried to defend the woman, the woman would be jumping on top of your head, pounding you in the head, trying to defend her man. You know what I mean? Like you can just sense it. That this is just the way they live their lives. And while you do want to be the good Samaritan, sometimes you have to kind of mind your own business because it is just the way they live. It's the way it's the dynamic of their relationship. And at the end of the day, no, 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 I'm not going to find myself at, at the back end of a Mexican prison. Because you guys decide to have an effed up relationship. So, yeah, you leave that alone. It sounds like uh, Scott and Kara did the same thing. But it does provide a little bit of a, a damper to the vacation. I do understand that. We also went to Exenses. Uh, Z- uh, It is an amusement park that is supposed to be all about using your senses. It included a mile-long cave in complete darkness in a narrow passageway in your bare feet with different terrains you had to navigate navigate all by touch and feel. Zones in the mile-long cave were pine forest, desert river with knee-high water and caverns. You need some serious time to do that and uh, and one tough feet. 
What about both feet? I think both feet have to be tough, right? Other notable things we did there was the sludgery in a different cave, cave, a quarter mile mud river of thick, warm mud that you lay in and let float uh, over you. So you slowly, uh, slowly till you get to the end. I don't know if we need to do that mud part again. Mud in weird places. Oh, so Scott, you were pulling uh, mud out of uh, different parts of your body. Yeah, that's not ideal. We also did the basic thing of ATVs and jet skis. That's not basic. Come on, man. That's good shit right there. You're letting the wind flow. It's basic. Things that are popular and basic are popular and basic for a reason because they're amazing. Just, I mean, getting some speed, getting some elevation, getting some motor, get, getting some, uh, some, 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 getting some horsepower underneath your legs and underneath your ass. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not basic. Um, Jet skis were awesome, a slightly rough day on the water, so allowed for some airtime with hard arm-knocking impacts. Top speed, 65 miles per hour. That's pretty impressive. I've done like 55, I think, on a jet ski. 65 miles per hour on a jet ski is very fast. Let's call it that. We would suggest Hyatt Ziva Cancun to anyone as the attention to detail is beyond anything we could have ever thought. Cleanliness is on point and people should not be scared to travel to Mexico as they are taking the virus more seriously from a cleanliness standpoint uh, and are able to do much more for business operations with everyone following the cleanliness standards. Masks and hand sanitizer only staff open public doors shoes cleaned upon stepping on resort properties or any type of transportation and the buffet is still there but you get served by the staff um look at the picture below to see the perfect location uh first screenshot is the resort itself everything to the right in red is our resort's property oh and it had dolphins on property as well second shows sorry second shows what the seven of the Cancun hotel zone is. Third was the view from our room. Hopefully we can cruise together again soon. Cones on a celebrity ship. Well, you are really riding out this celebrity thing. You're even skipping over Royal Caribbean, huh, Scott? Right to celebrity? Kind of cool. All right. Scott, this sounds like it was an amazing, amazing trip, uh, especially since we can't be at sea, especially since we can't be on a cruise. Uh, and yes, I have to, I owe you. Seriously, for that Cara video, uh, I owe you for that. That is any entertainment that I've given you, you have paid me back in full and then some. Thank you for that, Scott and Cara, and thank you for the email. Cones, I like to categorize things. So here goes my categories for ports of call. The categories are listed from lowest to highest qualities. Level one, the knockoff. This privately funded port is an imposter. An imitation, a fake. Are you even in the Dominican Republic? Can we call, even call this Mexico? Built as a jumping-off point for excursions, this port has a bar, a pool, a DJ, some cabanas, absolutely zero culture or relevance to the country within within which it's located. To walk out of this port on your own uh, two feet, you have to scale walls, tro uh, stroll past the guards, and trek at least a half a mile. Now, where are you? the side of some highway in the middle of nowhere. You better be buying a Fendi in Chinatown. Example port, Amber Cove, Dominican Republic, Costa Maya, Mexico. All right, so this is, uh, this right here is, uh, is one. Um, 
from Sacramento. Juan from Sacramento is always creative with his emails. He's always coming up with different ways to kind of get the cruise discussion going. And right now, what he's doing is, uh, I guess, putting forth two ports of call that he feels are very, very, what would you say, not cultural, uh, not authentic to the actual jurisdictions in which they're in. I will say this, though. Costa Maya, if you go to Costa Maya and hang out by the pool, you can have a really, really fun day, a really nice day. And then one, I forgot what it's called, but they do that thing where they kind of swing on the ropes and they airlift five or six natives to the top that are in colorful uniforms and they just basically swing. They're basically balancing on ropes, swinging through the air, doing some performance. What is that called again? Um, that's his, I mean, I, that that floored me. That absolutely floored me. Six guys, the amount of trust that goes into this uh, structure, it's basically just a single pipe or whatever that goes out of the ground about four story three or four stories high more than that maybe and then they are just hanging from these ropes and there's some ceremony with some some drums that are happening sort of like it's like a tribal type of thing it's like a uh i don't know it's like a mayan type of a celebration and they're flying through the air with literally just ropes strapped to their back I don't, you guys know, most of you know what I'm talking about right now. I forgot what the ceremony is called, but I saw that happen at the cruise terminal in, in Costa Maya, Mexico. I'll give it to you. Yes, that is the only piece of authenticity that you'll see there. But nevertheless, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen on a cruise anywhere. So I have to give credit to that. And then, yes, you know, Amber Cove in the Dominican Republic is nice. It's just a nice port of call built up by a cruise line again it's no coco k and it's no cozumel when it comes to you know being able to have access to a real cultural experience but it is what it is i I agree with you i agree with you Juan. but not every single place you you go is gonna blow you away from an authentic standpoint level two the private ah the cruise ships more grounded brother the cruise ship's more grounded brother. Uh, all the fun of the ship, with the sand, but with the sand. Once again, are we even in the Bahamas? Legend tells of private islands built on garbage. Thanks, MSC. <laughs> Example port, Ocean K, perfect day at Coco Guy. Yeah, you know, you're right. It, it, these are manufactured playgrounds. Manufactured good times. But, you know, perfect day at Coco K, sign me up all day. And Ocean K, yeah, they're trying to do good there. They're trying to do good. They're trying to recycle. They're trying to clean up the environment. So, again, uh, again, I don't know if this is meant to be a total knock on these types of things, Juan. But, again, I hear where you're coming from with it. But at the same time, I'm into it. You know what I mean? Level 3, the Gemini. The Gemini port offers you the best of both worlds. Purpose built for the cruise ship traveler. One can enjoy the walled oasis uh, replete. Uh, replete with j- zip lines, gondolas, swim up, urinal. Juan, <laughs> you are funny, man. Swim up urinals <laughs> and duty-free shopping. But when lounging gets to be a drag, the action of the islands is just beyond the wall. Go, venture out. You are free to explore. You are a sailor on leave. Now go make some trouble. Example port, Grand Turk, Mahogany Bay, Roatan. 
I like what you're doing here, Juan. I see what you're doing and I like it. Level four, the Screaming Eagle. This is the truest of all ports. Go old school with these. I already know. I'm not even looking right now. I have not seen it. I think you're going to have Cozumel, St. Thomas, Aruba, places like that, right? Am I right? I didn't look yet. Uh, this is... This is this is what it has been about for the entirety of maritime history. Our ship pulls directly into the center of town, walk down the gangway, and you are there. No fabricated money pit to cycle uh, to cycle your cash back to the corporation. No life preserver to keep you safe in the bubble. Just the freedom to spread your wings and claw your way to the top of the nearest mountain. Example: Port Grand Cayman. Wow, he goes Grand Cayman. Okay, uh, level four. Evo, the Screaming Eagle, Freedom Plus class. Same as the Screaming Eagle of Freedom class without a tender. Okay, there we go. St. Thomas, San Juan, as always. Juan from Sacramento. Perfect. Love this email. Uh, Juan, Juan, I'm the same way. I got that same gene. I like to put things in categories, put things in boxes. Dare I say compartmentalize things. I like that. And you just did a great job of doing it yourself. All right. We got one more email here. This is from Ryan. Tommy, hi there. On President's Day weekend, my family traveled from Philadelphia to Florida. We stopped at Sanibel Island where hundreds of people lined the beaches, rode bikes, took walks, and ate out. We went on an airboat tour where the boat was full to capacity. And finally, we wrapped up our trip with two-day Disney Parks, Epcot, and Magic Kingdom. We expected some crowds, but not mobbed parks. There were thousands of people in the parks. Line wait times for popular rides ranged from 45 to 110 minutes. Although Disney uh, had social distancing line guides, most people stood in lines one behind the other with no distancing whatsoever. All of the restaurants were booked, and to get to the fast food orders without a long wait time, we had to pre-order our lunch on the app. We had dinner reservations set in the Disney Springs on Valentine's Day. We waited in traffic for over 45 minutes to only to find out that the parking lots were full. Again, mobbed with over 45 minutes only to find uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm double reading the line. Again, mobbed with people. Our waitress told us it was one of the busiest nights that she had ever seen in a very long time. Um, that she had seen in a very long time. Our resort, not Disney, but reputable, had shut had a shuttle take us and pick us up from Disney. At the time of the pickup, the lines for the shuttle seemed extremely long. The shuttle driver packed us all into one shuttle, not an empty seat in sight. So after this trip, I wonder. How is it that Florida Disney can operate in this way, yet cruise ships remain closed? It just doesn't seem fair. The only check uh, to get into the parks at Disney was a temperature check. With cruise ships, I'd imagine we could do more in terms of precautions, yet still they are focused to remain closed. People obviously are okay with traveling and going into crowded places, so what is the holdup? We love cruising and we usually go a few times a year. We have credits pending and we can't wait to use them. We have imp- improvised travel. We have improvised travel a few times in the U.S. since COVID. The few times we flew, the airplanes were full. At the end of the day, why exile the cruise ships while airlines are allowed to fill a plane and Disney can allow thousands on a daily basis? Just doesn't seem fair. Thanks for listening, Ryan. Ryan. You bring up a lot of points that are very, very hard to argue with. First of all, I am glad to see that you were able to get in a vacation. Uh, it seems like you battled some congestion, but you were able to still have a good time out of it and, you know, just 
is what it is. People, people on your particular vacation seem like they were pent up for a while and they just wanted to get out. And that's what happened. And I do agree with your take on why cruising is seems to, as usual, be kind of like the stepchild of all the travel, um, all the travel options that are out there for you. And I agree with you. I do. But the one thing I will say when it comes to cruising is that, uh, what can I say? And a lot of people won't like it. It's just that cruising, once you get out there for seven days, everybody, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no way off. You know what I mean? This is a cruise ship that's designed to take a couple of thousand people out for seven days. You're supposed to share everything. You know what I'm saying? So I think it is a bubble. When we use the term bubble, we talk about bubble. We talk about it being in a protected fashion, in a protected zone. When you're on a cruise ship, if there is an outbreak, you are in a reverse of a bubble. You're in a bubble, but that bubble is an unsafe zone. And there's really nothing you can do about it, barring turning the ship around and going back into port. So, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. I will say that, though. If that has to happen, that ha- that's what has to happen. Like, why is it such a big deal? Like, if, let's just say, at that amusement park that day, okay, let's just call it what it is. 30 people had COVID-19 at that amusement park. And that's on a minimum end of it, right? You would have to guess, out of all the thousands and thousands of people, 30 people had it. Had to have had it. Did everybody have to get tested? And then once, if they were going to get tested and they were tested positive while at the park that day, would they be held hostage somewhere or would the park remain would they shut the park down and then nobody could leave the park because there's known cases that's what they would do on a cruise ship that's what they have done on cruise ships you can't leave this area because everybody has to be tested what happened to just knowing that there are going to be some cases of COVID-19 while not ideal okay let's mitigate that as much as possible and then hopefully tell everybody get tested Somebody on your ship has been, I guess the whole thing is just the point of no return thing on cruises. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. The only reason I'm not going nuts and calling blasphemy is because the CDC just has that leg to stand on. When you do go on a cruise ship, it is a bubble for good, or, for better or for worse, and everybody's trapped. And then what do you do if somebody turns up positive? Do you just keep them in their room? They have to isolate? just like if it was norovirus, is that effective? Or do you turn the whole thing around and come back into port? And then once you do get into port, what do you do? Do you make sure everybody mandatory gets tested? Do you hold everybody on the ship to find out that the cases were isolated? What do you do? I agree with you. With cruising, it's just a matter of being a controlled, small environment, more so than anything on land. But at the end of the day, you're really going to handle it the same way. Take that park. You know damn well people had positive cases there. In your daily life, in any restaurant you go to, there's positive cases all around you. You try to mitigate it as much as possible. And yes, I agree with you, Ryan. It's time to let the cruise ships spread their wings a little bit. Let's start off slow. And let's pass some milestones and let's get back to cruising. Let's get the economy going again. Let's get the uh, indirect cruise economy going again. The ports of call and everybody else who works for the cruise ship. Let's get the people back on the phones. Let's get everybody back to work. I think it's time. 
I do think it's time. I want to thank everybody for listening. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads you Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Oh